0: yourself back 533 years to an entirely different America. Before the Spanish set sail for the New World, they had already been bested by Phoenicians, Greeks, Scandinavians, and even the Chinese. And no other American state holds more secrets about this lost age of adventure than the Sunshine State, Florida. From the Panhandle to the Keys, Everglades, the Fountain of Youth, Alligators, and everything in between. And today's returning guest, Dr. Narco Longo, has been going above, below, and beyond to track down the lost record of Old World Florida. Today, we will discuss Chinese shipwrecks off the Gulf Coast, lost tribes from the Mediterranean to the Caribbean, and the Florida Orange as the real biblical golden apple. I'm Mystic Mark. Thank you for tuning into this episode of My Family Thinks of Crazy Podcast, and enjoy this episode with Dr. Narco Long.
1: it all into the creeks the the creeks america the oranges well in most languages on the planet that have been using the word orange okay for about 500 years or more the word orange has its origin in the word golden apple golden apple in many 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 languages right and this is no coincidence actually the word apple is probably meant to describe an orange the word apple is probably misused on the fruit apple because the word apple means apollo apollo apple apollo apollo right so apollo is the sun right and magically alchemically mystically whatever Um, apples are not solar by nature their flavor their color none of it it's it's not solar it's not a solar fruit it's a venusian fruit and the app most likely should come from aphrodite aphrodite a ripe ripe orange embodies these solar qualities perfectly the taste of an orange is solar it has a spark And that's that's why in German you have Apfel, Apfel, Apfel. So it's apfel it's not Apple.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to this episode of My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast with Dr. Narco Longo. We begin this conversation with a question for Dr. Narco about the overlap between golf courses and burial mounds.
1: So yeah, I think that was Plantation Preserve Golf Course, Plantation, Florida. And, you know, it's kind of, some of the, you know, I don't blame some people because I'm not always at the same point as my audiences in, you know, sorting certain things out. So sometimes I don't always say, you know, this is an academically supported idea that I happen to be talking about. So some people, you know, kind of will take everything on my channel as like, uh, you know, a point of contention, you know, well, with the golf course thing, like, you know, I didn't just start saying that it's utterly provable. It's evident. There's article after article. It's not just accidental. Like, you know, they bumped into a couple, Oh my God, there's, you know, bones under this golf course. It's almost like the norm across the country, especially the East coast. So, you know, I think I wanted to show people how prevalent it is. You know, it's not just Florida. It's, Country clubs, you know, rich, wealthy, and this one specifically is actually one of the only public golf courses or golf courses in the world where you can walk out into an active golf course in the middle and legally you're allowed to. Usually that would be unsafe, but they had to uh, cede this part of part of the golf course to the county or to the uh, whatever. I think it's already a public golf course, so they had to give it had to make a public land. So you can actually walk out through there in the middle of, you know, 18, 18, holes of golf. Everyone's playing around you. You can walk out and on that particular golf course, it's one hole where the pretty much the entirety of the hole was built over a mound. And if I had to guess that mound had already been raised. So kind of like leveled very low to the ground so by the time the golf people came around, they may have not even really known, or at least not all of them, it would have been, been obvious. Because most of, a lot of these mounds were 60, 80. Tallest one was 100 feet tall, 130 feet tall, something like that in Florida. So these things were big, you know, usually mostly shell, some of them. But this was more of a burial mound. And they were pulling out artifacts, they were pulling out... And then the thing with that is they just kind of stopped. So they detected things back in like the seventies, if I'm not mistaken. And then they just halted whatever they were doing. And then, or when they were first making the golf course back in like the fifties or something, I, I don't remember, made the video a couple of weeks ago, but would they struck some stuff and were like, Oh, you know, just be quiet about that. And then they just went ahead. Then they found some stuff again. And they just kind of stuck a stuck a flag in it and said, Oh, well we'll come back come back around to this when like the technology is is better or something like that. So they waited until the county had funding or something like that. It was like twenty years, 20, 30 years. And then eventually they went in and they made this park. They said they took you know, they had to take that hole out of the golf course and build another hole. So I believe it's the seventh could be wrong 14th
2: or
0: the 7th hole yeah 14th i remember i just i was just checking that video out before we started and yeah it was the 14th hole and they probably had to give it up because of the whole repatriation act of Mm -hmm. indian barrels and relics right there's this whole federal law that protects this kind of thing and yeah, golf course, you can't just be putting around on top of history like that with the with the laws the way they are now. But mm-hmm. we we initially kind of started talking about this in that previous episode. I don't remember exactly whether it was a conversation you and I were having on a different show that led to us doing the Occult Origins of Golf show. But however it fired, you and I did an episode on that. And we, we were able to find some you know, connections, possibly to royalty, maybe connections to like the Freemasons. I mean, it was very vague, the occult origins of golf, hence the term occult, because they are sort of still a little murky. But one thing that's absolutely certain is the overlap between golf courses and mound sites. I mean, just in that one video you showed me or one video you posted, it. I think you had something like a dozen different examples of golf courses, Mm -hmm. not just in one state, not just Florida, but all over the country that, you know, are basically, it's like makes you wonder what was the purpose of this? Is it just because Mm -hmm. those were the only spaces where, you know, there was grass? I mean, I doubt that. I think maybe they had an esoteric significance. They were trying to harness by doing that. What do you think?
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, I think we laid it all out, but it's the it's, it's a burial game. It's a kind of underworld game. It's one of the only games that includes, say, underworld component. You know, where the ball actually penetrates the crust of the earth and goes down into a, an underworld, and you have to reach down and get it. And that's the whole point. With most other games, a lot of the times you're aiming you're aiming up for something. You know this is one of the few where you want to sink whatever you know sink the ball low into the ground and so i think that's i think that's like kind of metaphorical maybe but with the with what's underneath this game it's not like this game is played at the beach you know it's played on top of largely burial grounds hilly areas florida the the hilliest areas you have are at the, the mounds the middens the burial mounds so in florida we know they gravitated towards the mounds or that at least they can say they gravitated towards the mounds like just logistically it made the most sense because mm. the, the hills were there right but yeah i think there's a religious component to it a spiritual they yeah. like to absorb the uh, it's like you know the best the greeks said like the best grapes were were made over battlefields and And stuff like that so it's huh it's a little bit of paganism a little bit of you know a little bit of bermuda triangle thrown in there too because it's kind of a unique sport to to scotland right scottish right freemasonry and then florida specifically palm beach county florida and then naples florida on the other side Well, and these connections are kind of strengthened in the Greek video I just did showing how the the Scottish, the Greek, and the Creek natives, the Creeks are, you know, we were in that video, we were talking about like the Native American warfare games like lacrosse Mm. and like a type of field hockey thing and the the, uh, predecessors to golf. Well, those were being played by Creeks in the video i just posted about the greeks and greeks ancient greeks in america the creek being phonetically similar almost well, phonetically identical to creek there being a ancient jewish presence ancient paleo greek language being used by the cherokee and the creek so genetically everything like this well, when you see that all the Scottish overlays to the parallels between the Scottish and these crypto Jews in Scotland with Cherokees. And uh, yeah, you can see how this, this connection between the Southeast United States and Scotland is, is strengthened because in the Northeast, Northeast Florida, you have New Smyrna, which was a Scottish colony full of Greek people so, it was Greek workers, Scottish overseers, what do they have in common? Large amounts of crypto Jews, especially the islands that these Greeks were coming from. And they were culturally Greek. They weren't actually, some of them were Greek, but they were from Menorca. Menorca. I mean, there's Menorca and Majorca, right? Like minor and major. Yeah. Two, these two islands. The Balearic Islands, that's famous for their black animals black chicken you heard of like the black chicken come from the Balearic islands black horse jet black horse comes from the comes from the Balearic islands and this horse is like tame so it can they're trained very specific very unique they can they're trained to it like enjoy large crowds and they don't get spooked so they can run through crowds and like people Touch them in crowds like they go up on their hind legs and people go underneath them and behind them and they don't kick anyone. So very strange. These horses and they're jet black and they come from Menorca. Is
0: this the same horse that's seen in your sort of old world Florida intro video? The one that like kicks a gator into a barrel roll?
1: (laughs) It might be. It might be. I don't know what breed that one is, but it, well, it is was dark. Jet, it's a dark color.
0: Yeah, it looks almost jet black, but yeah, wow. And you did, we should say, you did just put out a massive five-hour video on all of this, and I'm totally impressed. We did touch on this briefly with the name similarities the last time you were on the show, but yeah. one thing that's kind of interesting, I was just talking to Dr. Joseph Farrell, and one thing that he talks about is the connection between Venetian... Templars, because Venice, for the most part, had their own sort of group of Templars. He even says the Templars kind of joined into Venice and became their military force. Well, they mm-hmm. were sort of. Knowledgeable of the new world after they had sacked Constantinople, and mm-hmm. at that time, Constantinople yeah. had a Greek ruler which was replaced by a sort of Latin one. So, you can see how the Moors and the Greeks and the Ottoman Empire, this whole you know body of cultures, they were all connected and they all knew about that southern passage from near the Canary Islands in Africa across the ocean into the mm-hmm. Caribbean, right? So, this is like. Oh, yeah. You know, been ignored by archaeologists, but thanks to bright young minds like yourself, you know, we're starting to, to see the, the microscope being put onto these topics that have, have been neglected for far too long. And Florida certainly is like this nexus point of symbolism. Another thing that really fascinated me from your channel I don't know how recent this video was but it was about orange juice and how orange juice not only kept somebody alive for 6 months on only orange juice but mm-hmm. there's this similarity between oranges and the golden apples of the Bible, Greek was, you know, the main language that the Bible was written in, many of the first copies, right? So there's this mm-hmm. kind of interesting connection going on there with with Christianity and the Fertile Crescent being the Caribbean and the Greeks fitting into that whole equation. Where where should we start with understanding? What do you think the most important like piece of evidence to back all this up is? Because we just laid out quite uh, a theory here.
1: So here, here's a good one. So with the oranges, you know, to tie it all into the Greeks, the the Greeks, America, the oranges, well, in most languages on the planet that have been using the word orange, okay, for about 500 years or more, the word orange has its origin in the word golden apple, golden apple in many, many, many languages, right? And This is no coincidence. Actually, the word apple is probably meant to describe an orange. The word apple is probably misused on the fruit apple because the word apple means Apollo. Apollo. Apple, Apollo, Apollo, right? So, Apollo is the sun, right? And Magically, alchemically, mystically, whatever. Apples are not solar by nature. Their flavor, their color, none of it. It's, it's not solar. It's not a solar fruit.
0: I've right? heard it's Venetian, right? Because of the five seeds and you can yes, kind of draw perfect. a pentagram in it.
1: Very perfect. It's Venusian. Absolutely. Uh-huh. It's a Venusian fruit. And the apple most likely should come from Aphrodite. Aphrodite. And that's that's why in German you have Apfel, Apfel, Apfel. So it's Ah. Apfeldeiti. It's not apple, but it's okay, you know, because apple still means that that same thing. Apple, in in some sense, means anything that's not a berry. So anything that's larger than a berry that's like a meaty fruit, so to speak. So in that sense, apple apple works, but. If we're using apple, apple as Apollo, sorry, the apple does not have any solar qualities. It has a more of a pleasing, pleasant, non non exciting, non exciting right. attributes. And it, I, it's not shocking. Now a sour apple is going a little bit more in that direction, mm. but but still no, yeah. because that, a ripe ripe orange embodies these solar qualities perfectly the taste of an orange is solar it has a spark okay you get like a tangerine on your tongue it's a spark it's almost
0: electrifying dying.
1: exactly <laughs> the, the the color is so radiant so raw radiant radiant right is so solar in nature and orange is 33 you know this is the the Buddhist color, sacred, it's one of the only words that you can't rhyme with or you'll have a very hard time rhyming. And I think that's I think that's very important, too. It's almost like one of these sacred words of God, like sacred names of right. God that can't be replicated.
0: I was going to ask you about that. I, always, I was like, that's too silly. Don't ask him about that. But you're absolutely right. There is no word that rhymes with orange, and I had Except a feeling for,
1: except for origin Ah. or origin is close. It's more of an anagram, but origin orange. Yeah.
0: Well, if you think about the cross section of an apple, right, you slice or I'm sorry of an orange, you slice the orange in half it looks like rays like rays emanating from a central source right you have 10 mm-hmm. slices and and each of those have their own line going to the rhine so it, it definitely gives that radiant sort of just in its mm-hmm. geometry
1: oh yeah and an apple looks like a woman it has the curves of a woman that's right. why that's why it's even complimentary to say to a, not to a woman but say about a woman that she's apple-shaped or apple-bottom, right? Apple.
0: Well, and now that paired with the thought that men are recognized by their Adam's apple right here in their throat, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, especially nowadays with the way gender is going. But, you know, when when it comes to that, do you think there's a sort of esoteric significance there? Yes.
1: Now, in the Greek myth, they they were eating oranges. They weren't eating apples. So in the Greek version of all those historic mythical accounts they're talking about citrus because it wasn't the apple you can look up classical depictions of of the garden of Hesperides. or here's the kicker the garden of the atlantites atlantites that is atlas atlas is the central male figure of that myth the atlantites garden of the Hesperides. that's that's the daughters of the evening so this is eve Eve is Aphrodite. So the apple was originally Eve's mistake that was shoved down Adam's throat. So it's Eve who plucked the apple and Adam got punished for it. So I guess that's why Adam got the apple. But apple is more of the feminine fruit, right? It was Adam's mistake. Now, the parallel between Atlas is that Atlas also got punished. This is, again, how we know it's the same exact myth atlas as a man was punished with the weight on his shoulders the weight of the world on his shoulders so men as a gender have the weight of the world on their shoulders right whereas women bear the weight of the world in their hips right they have to rear children and they're not have to but that's their you know their ability their duty right their blessing so but back to here's a good one with the orange. How do we know the orange might have came from the West instead of the East? Well, what's the Greek word for orange? Porto okali Portokali, which means Portugal fruit. So I think I don't know if I'm mirrored here, but Greece is over here. Amer- America's over here, right? Okay. Or we'll say we'll say Greece is right here. America's right here, and China's over here, mm-hmm. right? Why is Greece telling us that the orange came to them from the West? From Portugal. From, port, from Portugal. <laughs> yeah. That's the portocali, means the Portugal fruit. Portocali, the port to the Celts or port to Gaul. Right. Right. So portocali. That's the word for orange. Why isn't it, you know, Chinese? Fruit. Why aren't they calling it the Chinese apple or Chinese fruit? Like in Finnish, they say applesini for orange, applesini, which I believe means Chinese apple. Hmm. But Greek, they say portokali. Well, what was, if something was introduced to Europe from Portugal, from the west to the east, what does that tell us? That it probably entered the port of Portugal from the West, came into Portugal and was then introduced to Europe, Europeans as the, the Portugal fruit, Porto And that's, so, you know, I think that's compelling evidence. I didn't, I didn't even put that in that video because my friend who speaks Greek told me that after the video came mm. out. Mm, update. But, Very
0: cool. Well, and maybe this will throw a, uh, you know, a bolt in, in the mix here because you know we're talking about this whole prehistory of America pre-Columbus and how they're clear and you know blaring evidence of pre-Columbian voyages right and I'm actually going to be talking to a guy named Reverend Dr. Ryan, who's up in Newfoundland, and he's found some connections to the Chinese up in Newfoundland, which wow. uh, on some maps was called North Scotland. I mean, the, the, when, you know, Greenland and Iceland and Newfoundland were just like distant, you know, Western places that the Europeans really didn't have you know much of a place in yet they called it what did they call it friesland and and all these other names but they had an idea of what it what you know was on the other side of the ocean because of the norse but maybe there's some kind of connection here where in the ancient ancient past the chinese had brought the orange to america because mm-hmm. I, I don't i don't know how much you know we can rely on like Phenome type testing and the things like that they can tell from DNA sequencing. But I'm pretty sure they're they've got some sort of idea on where each fruit comes from. And this is such a fascinating thing to dig into because, Wherever humans go, we bring food with us, especially things like fruits that are kind of self-contained and, you know, maybe have a longer shelf life if stored properly. You know, and all of these fruits have seeds, so you could just kind of plant them wherever you go, and you have this portable food that you can bring if you're traveling and maybe rely on it on your way home, right? you planting these seeds on islands as you stop on your journey, knowing that when you come back, you're going to maybe retrace your steps and have some food for your return trip. Who knows? I mean, maybe this is how these things made their way into the Americas and and the story's just more complicated because as we see, you know, North America was like this hidden place to Europe, but there were Europeans here. They were just kind of keeping it hush-hush for the most part.
1: Yes, they were. Now I've got hush-hush is right because I think... What do they tell us all of Eurasian history has to do with people vying for control of trade routes, right? Mm-hmm. The Silk Road, the Spice Trade, the, you know, um, oh, this new path was discovered. and An entire empire, you know, sparked up out of, you know, two years. And, and all these things, well, hello, that's the number one motive for hiding an entire continent is... You know how much indigo was coming out of the Southeast United States? You know how much gold was coming out of South America? You know how much copper and tin? They pretty much know for sure copper was coming out of America. They say that it all evaporated. Do you know that? That like six billion bajillion tons of copper from Ohio and Eastern United States, that because it was smelted, that it was all smelted into like pure copper and that it literally just oxidized into thin air over time. And that that's why all the copper
0: is missing from the Eastern United States.
1: from from the exact same time period that the phoenicians how long does it
0: take to oxidize into like dust i mean that's that's an interesting equation for somebody but i have heard of the colossus what is it colossus of Rhodes was like a giant bronze which you need copper to make bronze giant bronze Mm -hmm. statue and I mean, I know bronze is a little bit more weatherable than copper. I don't think it oxidizes the same way copper does, but it definitely isn't, like, permanent the same way stone is. So it it does make sense that these things would eventually erode and maybe go into the ocean or something. But, yeah, there are stories of giant, huge bronze statues the size of, like, mountains. I mean, incredible structures, and it really makes you wonder who... A, had the resources to make it to the Great Lakes and then bring all that heavy mineral back to the old world. And then B, like, <laughs> w- like where did these things go? So, yeah, I, I mean, oxidation, I don't know if that explains it all. What are we looking at here? I see we have some sort of artifact, a gauntlet of type, some type.
1: Well, yeah, I, as you were talking about China, I pulled this up. I posted this on my Instagram. I have not talked about it yet on my on youtube so or live like live at all video but this was discovered off the coast of florida very coast very close off the coast of florida so i'll just read the bottom here the artif this artifact was found off the coast in florida speculation of its origin ranges from chinese to spanish to atlantean to me the motif looks more southeast asian maybe thailand Now, I had people commenting, saying that it was definitely Southeast Asian. Regardless, this was found off the coast of Florida, you know, and you know how much weird stuff they find off the coast of Florida and they can just (laughs) they can just easily like sweep it under the rug and they can just say, oh, a conquistador found this in South Mm. America. And was on his way taking it back to Spain when it started off the it. coast of Florida. So right. they do that with like a million different things. Yeah. But, wow. but this is but this is Chinese. So this puts this does not fit in with that. Interesting. Um,
0: yeah, I, you know, one one thing that strikes me, I mean, when you zoom out a bit, you see what clearly looks like, I mean, a female vagina or maybe even like a seed or or like a cross section of a fruit, but it really yeah. looks feminine in nature. And then in the background you have what almost look like like the perfect square spirals that you'd see in Mayan artwork, right, where they have these, you know, different glyphs that are square in nature and have a sort of spiral mm-hmm. feature. Those all kind of look uniform but there is there is an artistic connection between Mesoamerican artwork and Chinese artwork, and many people have speculated oh, that the Chinese, you know, maybe had some kind of contact that inspired that similarity.
1: Well, yeah. you know
0: But but um. they're they're talking about very long ago, like Chinese, the Chinese explorations to the new world, we're talking like 400 BC, not, you know, in the realm of the Spanish. So, you know, even, even so this demonstrates that like, yeah, maybe the Chinese were in the Caribbean. Maybe they, maybe they had, you know, shared some things like this to different tribes. And then those tribes traded it northward You know, I mean, there's a whole evidence of Amazonian products like cacao and cocaine being found in faraway places like Atslan, Wisconsin and and Egyptian tombs even. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, we know they were trading quite a bit.
1: Yes, you're right. Now, you know, you you touched on there being links between China mm. and Central South America.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well on my channel I've talked about Guatemala is the name of Buddha, right? Buddha. Yeah. Guatemala. Mala or Maya, Maja, Maja, however you want to say it, Maya is the mother of Guatemala. Buddha. And so, we have Gu- if you have Guatemala, Guatemala and Maya, because Guatemala is where the Maya lived, right. almost roughly. So, Guatemala or Guatemala. Wow. Now, if you've ever seen an over, overweight Guatemalan person, they look just like Buddha. They look just like Buddha. Or Buddha looks. Buddha looks like, you know, how often do you see those Southeast Asian people getting fat like that. And yeah, 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 you know, fat Buddha might not be the original Buddha, whatever. But how often do you see those Southeast Asian people getting overweight like that? Well, it It doesn't really happen very often.
0: It is definitely, I don't know the exact term. I think mesomorph is a term in this range of terms, but there are terms that certain anthropologists and anatomists have designated as like body types right and you're absolutely right that there seems to be a similarity in body morphology with the asian and south american culture specifically what comes to mind for me is the lack of facial hair i mean this one is is the big thing that people use the use to point towards mm. the whole bearing straight argument that they only came over the bearing straight but clearly there's so much activity going on off these coasts. I mean, not to mention your work looking at these huge stone anchors. So, you know, we can't really rely solely on that land bridge theory. I think if anything, we're looking at seafaring cultures and, you know, Mm-mm. that hair, that hairless face, you know, face, you know, I think some Asian cultures, they can grow like a small mustache, but that's about it. Right. So,
1: yes. And even that then- most likely came from mixed with mixing with Europeans to a small, small extent mm, right or Eurasians you know Eurasian steppe mm. people but you're absolutely right you know I always say you don't have to you, you know all these people in this like old world community are just staring at architecture all day you don't have to there's just as much to be found out not staring at buildings you can look at the language you can look at you know the fashion the s- sartorial clues in right. the clothing you can look in the cuisine even in that greek video i was showing there's peppers that don't don't make sense here in florida that right. are endemic or seemingly endemic to northeast florida where these greek people are from these menorcans and greeks mm. and i was going to say earlier that you have Minorcans and my organs Majorca, right mm-hmm well, in the exact same county, exact same cities, region that you have the Majorcans moving to, Majorcans and Menorcans, you have the Mayaka tribe. The Mayaka. So, Majorca, Mayaka. Then you have words like in the same area, Palatka and Plaka. So, Palatka is Greek and Plaka is Greek. And what do they both mean? Walkway mm. or cro- crossing like a plank, you know, placa plank boardwalk. So plaka, palatka is the same Creek Greek. That's a nail in the coffin. There's like 10 nail nail, but I've got um, another thing, just some things here that I haven't presented yet. Thought I'd show you, we were talking about the orange, right? And the mm. Gulf, Gulf of Mexico, right. Mm. Gulf in Spanish is Golfo, Golfo, with an O. So Golfo, not also very close, both Gulf and Golfo to the Latin words for sulfur, which are Zolfo, Zolfo or golfo, with a U or an O, mm. O in the middle and O at the end. So I thought this was strange that they're calling the, the Gulf like the land of the orange let's see what it says the sign of the orange disc and this is just some company old gas company or something but they're using the orange disc with the overlaid on the gulf right. there's more power in that good gulf at the sign of the orange disc wow. <laughs> i just thought that was funny but Here's something that I'm going to be doing a whole video on that I think you'll think is cool. What do you notice about these emojis, Mark?
0: Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, let me think for a second. I see a Fury Lens. I see a Trident. I see... What do
1: you notice about those two?
0: Well, they seem like totally different than all the other emojis in the sense that they're like kind of gold and embossed. I mean the recycling site cy- symbol kind of has that same three d look to it, but everything else is very two dimensional but i I wouldn't be exactly I wouldn't be sure. am I supposed to be pointing out just those two? I mean, no, and- that's right
1: you, no that's perfect. Oh. these are the only two royal emojis that we get. Huh. gold 3d like you said i hadn't noticed that but they're they're far more um
0: they're like embossed compared to mm-hmm. the other ones you know yeah like they're they more like, like a
1: graphic than a, uh,
0: than a two-dimensional kind of yeah emoji yeah for sure
1: and what is this telling us this is essentially telling us that the fleur de lis and the trident of neptune or atlantis are synonymous or the same or belong in the same ilk in the same two peas in a pod, right? Why, why is there no, this would have been a perfect, this would have been a perfect opportunity to put in a, you know, a Swiss cross, a, a Maltese cross, a Maltese cross. There you go. Yeah. To put in another semi-religious, semi-mythological, but, but, you know, owing to, like, a country and, like, a nationality and a culture like the fleur-de-lis with the French, but what what makes these two emojis belong in their own category? And the, the fact that there's no others included in this category. Yeah. To me, that's very telling.
0: Yeah. You know. Well, and, you know, the lily is the symbol of the Lance, right that's kind of like the fjordelis right and i think there's a snake called the fjordelance and there's a weapon called know. the fjordelance but it's supposed to be a lily and in egypt right. they have this whole lore about the lily when i was younger And I was buying like weird herbs off the dark web and like Amazon hoping to like buy like, you know, DMT to smoke or something weird like that. I ended up getting blue lotus from somewhere smoking it and nothing really happened. I don't recommend people repeat that. But uh, there's some lore about this, like coming from a lily and the lily having this esoteric significance. Have you looked into that at all? Am I touching on something you're familiar with or am I just kind of spouting out? uh, I mean, yeah, the lily,
1: you could go on for days about lilies and the lily. I've smoked blue lotus. My girlfriend smokes it all the time.
0: Oh, cool. But, I don't think I got a good batch, so maybe I shouldn't be the final... Well, it's th-
1: not... It doesn't get you hot. It has, like, a... You know, it's usually a... If I'm not mistaken, it's a dream herb. It helps with dreaming. Mm,
0: yeah. Have you ever... This is totally on a different tangent, but have you ever mm-hmm. smoked mugwort?
1: Yeah, i smoked that, too.
0: When I smoked... That's... When I smoked mugwort for like I think the first and second time, I had these incredible lucid dreams. And then after that, it was almost like I was repulsed by it, like I couldn't. And I would go to like smoke it, and it would taste awful. And I think I like <laughs> hit the like uh, you know like hit the pedal to the metal a little too hard. I don't know. But uh, had have you had that same experience with mugwort where it gives you like a lucid dream?
1: No, but. It's funny you say that about, uh, you know, enjoying it and then not, <clears throat> I smoked sage for a period of time when I was not permitted to smoke marijuana mm. and I was smoking sage with my friend and for like a week, we we would crave it. And I don't know if it was just like, you know, rolling joints, smoking it out of a bowl, like just like, you know, like losers. I, I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to smoke and it was like scratching this itch you know immensely and it was sage is one of the ones where if you smoke enough of it you won't just get lightheaded it does do something it is mood enhancing to an extent and but then after like two weeks my friend told me that he no longer had the urge to do it he's like he's like yeah i, I smoked it and i was like it just tastes like fire and i was like what am i doing and then the same thing happened to me and i just lost all desire to smoke it so i don't know if you know for me that almost kind of tells me that weed is like those are medicinal or they're highly medicinal and when they like when they do what they're supposed to do to you it's almost like purposeless
0: right right there's no
1: point you can't, to you like can't keep proceed any keep further in in taking it yeah no I I could also look at that as you know that tells you that we that weed's amazing for you and you should smoke it that there almost is no you know max maximum dosage you know no quota to be had so I would agree and I've always that. I've always said if you have to be a people always say oh it's you know it's never good to be a slave to any substance and I always say well man. You had to be a slave to one substance. What an, what a wonderful, benevolent master to have, you know.
0: That's how I feel. I mean, this might sound odd, but I smoke weed every day. And it does feel at times like when I'm running to the ATM to pick up some more that I'm like, why am I doing this? But then, I mean, I really, I, I have no negative reasons other than the financial thing and really that's not weed's fault like that's that's the system we're living in you know I mean especially if I had some land I'd just grow it myself and then it'd be free so 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 yeah I'm right there with you man I don't think there's an end to it and from that perspective yeah I'd have cannabis as my master there's a there's a there's a whole saga I mean we went on a tangent but there is a whole saga I mean with these plants being sent around the world at a time when we're told there's this sort of ocean trading wasn't going on, right? I mean, you've heard about the cocaine and tobacco seeds found in like the remnants of the cotton in the mummy wrappings in certain tombs, like the little seeds got stuck in the cotton. Maybe the cotton came from America and that's how, you know, it had the seeds in there in the first place, but mm-hmm. clearly there's this sort of
1: it's so funny that you just went from weed smoking to to mummies because do you know what those two have in common? Cannabis. Cannabis is named for canine, right? Or Canis, the constellation Canis, Cancer. Okay. Right. That's that's right. Weed beats cancer, right? Well, not really, but canc- <laughs> cancer it does. Cancer rules dogs and cannabis so canines and cannabis and the eating and eating so that's why where you get words like cannibal right or candy this is like uh, indulgences and eating things the zodiac sign of cancer rules that well cannabis that's the first half of the word can or con right like cannabasm. can you know well then you have Anubis, Anubis, Anubis. That's the black dog of the Egyptian underworld. That's the Egyptian, you know, devil dog, underworld dog. Has parallels in many, many, you know, religions and mythologies. Well, that dog, good luck finding a dog like that in Egypt. You won't. A black hairless dog, you know, jet black in the desert? I don't think so. The dogs they have there look like boxers, you know, the Egyptian dogs that they. Hate. Now, where, whereas Central America and North America, Mexico, has a black jackal dog, hairless, a hairless black dog, often attributed to the underworld. And there's not just one, there's a couple of breeds. There's like the big one, the little one. And they're black dogs. Then they're royal, you know, used by the royalty. And that clearly inspired the Anubis. And I'm going to be coming up with a new video on the Key Marco artifacts that is going to show how there was a, a jackal dog, Anubis, head mask, unearthed in Florida. Ancient head mask, belonging to the Calusa people. Oh. And this is an exact jackal dog anubis it's an anubis figurine in america with the pointed pointed ears long snout and a headdress so how many dogs have a headdress not many
0: (laughs) yeah Jeez, wow that's so funny i just i just found this today in farrell's book that there was a petroglyph found in Oklahoma depicting a dog-like figure, and it, it's supposedly Anubis. And then there's oh, wow. there's others in Utah that have Egyptian connections, as well as Tiapa de Corso in southern Mexico. Ding, ding, ding! Just like you're saying. I thought I thought mm-hmm. I read that there was even like a dog-like figure, like a like a little statue that they found too, but. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Wow. What do you have here?
1: So I've got something else here. This is, I'm also working on a Finnish video about the Finnish. Mm. So you're getting all these sneak peeks here, Mark. I love it. Thank you. Exclusive sneak peeks. Wow. So this is Scandinavia. This is Sweden, Gotland. Mm -hmm. Here's Finland. Okay. You see, this is called a looped square.
0: Yeah.
1: The looped square. Ancient, ancient Finnish symbol. Those were cheese molds. Yeah, but that's that's not important. It just shows that it was used in in Finland. Oh, okay. okay. So this is same shape in Finland, in in Sweden, Gotland, and then (laughs) southeast Southeast United States. Wow. Exact same. Not only that, but you have in this exact same mound complex, you had a a artifact pulled up that showed the earth on the back of a turtle, right? Or like the world on a turtle's back. That's, that's a Viking and a native American belief. Japanese as well. I I don't know about that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not well read on Japanese mythology or anything, but I believe that's a common myth across Asia into viking
0: well you've heard um, even the the native american name for america yes. oh, turtle mm-hmm. island right so there
1: you go wow so this shows a clear connection between scandinavia southeast united states scottish you know scottish what are the scots well why are the scots different from the british well they're just different vikings different group of vikings mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. more northern vikings whereas the the British were invaded from the south, not entirely, but Danish Vikings. Whereas the Scottish were mo- mostly Swedish Vikings.
0: Right. Wow. Yeah. So wow.
1: here, here's another one. We were talking about the apple earlier, right? Here you have this the looped cross as that's one of the, the
0: command add- key of all keys. The command key. Command. Yeah.
1: Huh. Isn't that interesting? And it's funny because that you also have this solar cross zodiac symbol in the middle. That's another Viking symbol. Right. So Southeast, it's not like this is Nova Scotia, like we were saying earlier, where, oh, you know, you know, one gust of wind and they got blown over from Iceland into Pennsylvania, you know. No, this is like the Gulf of Mexico, essentially. And nice. this exact shape and carving was being pulled out of Florida, too. So this one might be, okay, that says Tennessee. This exact thing with woodpecker and a four-sided looped looped square, mm-hmm. exact same thing has been pulled out of Florida. I just happened to take the one off Wikipedia that had the name underneath it. Well, no. So same, same shape gets has been pulled out of Florida.
0: And it almost has this, like, M.C. Escher kind of effect, too, going on, like, enhancing the three-dimensional nature of the shape where you see each, like, band is going under the next band as it forms that spiral. And it kind of Mm -hmm. reminds me of this concept of the Tesseract Cube, which, to bring joseph farrell up again since i i just spoke with him earlier he's fresh on my mind he brought up the idea of this tesseract cube being symbolized in the shape of a cathedral and that cathedrals have this sort of same thing going on and that's that shape almost has that same motif with where each circle is kind of like a different dimension of this cube in the middle you know coming out from each side mm-hmm. absolutely
1: absolutely mm. Now here, I, I, can you see this? Yeah. I told you. So same exact, same exact artwork found in Florida. Found in Calusa, right? The Calusa is Southwest, Southwest Florida. Okay. Yeah. Like the uh, 10,000 islands, like the Everglades down into the keys a little bit too. Okay. Naples area.
0: Huh?
1: But that, yeah. So, and this is the key Marco cat up here on the right.
0: Yeah, I was about to ask you, what what's going on with that stamp?
1: Here, let me pull up. Yeah, this is a Marco Marco Island stamp. So you have the Calusa gorget, and then up here, let's see if I can, here, I'll just search Key Marco Cat.
0: Was this an artifact that was found there?
1: Yes, it's one of the most amazing artifacts pulled out of North America by far because of what it tells us and the questions that it demands we ask because you know with mexico you kind of see what you what you see is what you get it's like okay you know wonderful advanced civilization building stone you know as high as they could you know it, it makes sense the evidence shows what the historians kind of tell even though it's all you know Filter. a little obscurity what you see is what you get in mexico in florida you don't what you see is not what you get right it's it's all left for interpretation there's little to no congruency between the experts talking about the natives on one side of florida versus the other side they don't even know you know for example the people that the europeans bumped into when they got here officially were pretty much living in the stone age. They were living, they were using flint tools, flint tools. And in some cases, their arrowheads were less advanced than the arrowheads pulled out that were, you know, much older. over. Exactly. So what's going on there? Not to mention the people that were building the mounds and the middens, they were smelting copper. Mm. They were using full blown tipped. Iron. Well, maybe, I don't know if it was iron, but a lot of copper, a lot of copper all across the Southeast United States. So why did these people just stop using copper arrowheads, copper spear tips, copper? Why aren't they using any of it? Why are they running around with rocks, throwing rocks at each other, essentially sharp rocks. But here, here we have the key Marco cat. So this cat is only six inches it was pulled out of like a mucky swamp essentially peat a layer of peat
0: what's it made it,
1: out of it's wood it's some type of dense wood i forget exactly what type
2: huh.
1: But uh, yeah it's wood carved very well carved it's smooth i ha- i bought an exact replica
0: uh-huh
1: i bought bought a like a casting it's smooth so it's, it's so well polished, all the tools that the Calusa made. The Calusa were like 500 years ahead of anyone else. The The way that they were designing things, it goes beyond necessity. It goes beyond utility. They were making things to be beautiful. Yeah. And so they had a highly sophisticated degree. Their degree of religion, spirits, history was, was vastly superior than all the other people in Florida at the time of European arrival yeah. so I'm not this saying is- there hasn't been many mag- magnificent people coming in and out of Florida but at the time of European arrival the Timucua were more towards the northeast Florida the Calusa were down southwest so they were actually more secluded from the rest of these tribes in, in America, but somehow they have a very, very, it's not even advanced. It's just how much they cared about aesthetic.
2: Mm.
1: It it makes no sense. And another thing about the Calusa is that they had no agriculture whatsoever. They just fished and hunted. Well, not only that, but they, they would, it was mainly fishing. They were mainly seafood people almost entirely seafood diet but they would do vegetables and stuff they just didn't need to have, you know that's the thing about florida is so you don't online. need agri- agriculture agriculture doesn't mean that you're not eating or no agriculture doesn't mean that you're not eating fruits or vegetables it just means that you're not spending your day or your year tending to a plot of land Right in florida things literally just fall out of the sky <laughs> like the fruit just comes right. you don't have to water things you know how much water they spend they waste in California
0: yeah oh yeah
1: how much they pipe in to get the same amount of produce that they get out of here in Florida Mm. that they don't need they do they still you know um, they still what's it called irrigate things here and water them but they don't need to the largest orange grove in the world in up until the 1920s was in near Tampa Bay Florida and they didn't use a drop of water for irrigation. Now isn't that amazing? So,
0: wow, wow, yeah. Well, no, it's, it's here it's,
1: is the here is the jackal dog mm-hmm. that I was describing earlier. Wow, the same same site, same site. They found the cat, a jackal dog
0: and for the. Audio listeners, before we escape the cat a little bit, we're talking. It's not just like any old statue of a cat. It almost kind of looks to me like a Florida panther, at least in the shape of the head. Mm-hmm. But it's it it's, it's anthropomorphic in the sense that it's almost in a human position, almost like prayer, like it's knelt down mm-hmm. with its hands at in it its. Uh, lap like you know suggesting like it's submissive you, you'd think like yes. a oh florida panther statue you'd see it in like a you know paw first attack pose or maybe like a you know seated pose or something like that no, not like this this is very anthropomorphic
1: mm-hmm. it is now some people have theorized not the mainstream have theorized that this is actually a sex toy
0: oh wow
1: okay an early ancient sex toy huh and in that what you're saying is like the submissive night nature it's it's almost a suggestive pose right and this might be like a dirty mind test but um, I could just be an innocent cat, you know, <laughs> innocent cat that never, you know, went anywhere a statue would normally go. Well, but, but
0: there is a reason why they're called fetishes. I mean, fetish has that double meaning, you know, of right, like a yeah, little yeah. item like this as well as sexual fetish. So, yeah, I don't think that's mm-hmm. far-fetched. And some of the earliest, you know, sculptures that art- archaeologists say are like, you know, primitive man, yeah, which I don't totally buy all of that but they they have like these very sexual Venusian sculptures of women with like big round hips and like big huge mm-hmm. breasts so it's totally not uncommon to think people would have a sexual sort of icon or idol
1: mm-hmm. definitely
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and these wow.
1: statues are particularly smooth. Yeah, and so you don't find Native Americans polishing. Okay, you know the the way we're told history, these people were huff, you know hunting buffalo all day, or picking berries, or always on the go, always on the move. You know, very hard life. With this, these artifacts tell us these people had a lot of spare time. Yeah, a lot of free time. They were they were not defending against raiders, you know, at all at all
0: they were times in of the day.
1: And the these masks actually functioned so they would move and they wow. had pulley systems so people could wear these and they would use them in like theaters, like theater, Broadway shows and huh. plays.
0: You mean like within the tribe they would put on plays or you're saying that people bought these and then brought them to Broadway to be no. used in real Broadway plays?
1: The, uh, the tribe would do ceremonies right okay. and and the uh, the alligator jaws would snap shut and make a loud noise they're pretty sure huh. that it was like an effect where right. it would be on a pulley it would be on a lever and the whoever's wearing this could make it snap its jaws uh, and then the, the jackal dog same thing it could open its mouth wow. and close close its mouth
0: this one and almost you, looks like bone I mean the wood is carved in a way. I mean, the angle of the photo is not so great, but it's definitely like, it kind of gives the effect of like bone, this color of wood.
2: hmm
1: And this is the only allegedly, now here's a kicker. I think you'll think this is funny. Wow. Uh, that thing just keeps shrinking. But
0: That's a good size. We can see it like that.
1: This, we're told, is the only known depiction of a Calusa Indian ever known to man that we've ever pulled out of the South, Southeast United States, Southwest Florida. This is the only, and and we don't even know or really think that it's depicting a Calusa person. It's just a Calusa person figure, right? It's, it's a figure of a person done by a Calusa and that, that in itself is the only depiction we have either of a Calusa or by a Calusa of a human being. So, and it's not necessarily very, you see how, you see how good they are at, at making a cat statue. They can make that statue as, as, perfect as they wanted and the alligator statue is very accurate And this
0: yeah
2: uh,
1: the hawk statue is very very accurate
0: well even well even like that drawing of a human is is much more accurate than this statue i mean he's got like a perfectly 360 degree circle head almost like a moon yeah uh, like a like what you'd see like with the man on the moon kind of cartoon And then Mm -hmm. he looks almost like he's got, like, longer arms or maybe he's hunched over and dancing with his arms kind of, like, dangling in front of him. Or maybe he's wearing some kind of, like, loose blanket-type poncho. But, yeah, it definitely doesn't look like they were aiming for an accurate depiction of a person with that. The face is very Mm -hmm. lifelike, though. I mean, you can almost, like, hear it, like, moaning. It's got, like, this, like... I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. anguish or like song or what it's supposed to represent, but it definitely is a very expressive statue or carving.
1: You're right. I think for me, I think moon deity is probably Mm. as like a full moon God or
0: something. I just even got that like, grayish silver i mean i don't know if that's just the way they're taking this photo but if the wood is actually that color it's even has like a it could probably shine in the full moon the way it like reflects light that color of wood it's like grayish pale ashy whereas the, <clears throat> the panther is like very smooth and that wood was probably if it was a sexual object you know it was probably chosen for its smoothness on the case of the cat right so yes. they, they definitely had an eye for like which materials to use.
1: You're absolutely right. And they they remark on the weight of the of the key cat. And speaking to the very dense or light, I think it was very light. Okay. They say that it's that it weighs half a soda can. Like a if you drank if you opened a soda and poured out half, that's what that thing weighed. Wow, almost so very little. Yeah, right. Right here, you see the woodpecker whose head was used on that Mm -hmm. symbol we were looking at before.
0: Yeah,
1: and you see how perfectly. uh, If you know what, if you've been to Florida or the Southeast United States, you know what woodpecker this is with the red has like a red bill on it. Not a red bill, but a red. Like mohawk. Yes, yes. It has like a red a tuft. Plume plume. A a tuft. Yeah. And this is the way that they can depict this bird is just spot on. It's Mm. perfect. It's a perfect profile. It almost looks like someone did it today. Just on a piece of wood. Mm. And this was pulled out exactly like that. And here, here's like a, maybe a little more enhanced, or this is like a, a remake, wow. a replica of that.
0: Even have him like eating something, like a little maggot from the tree or something, a grub. They,
1: they think that those might be like a Native American depiction of sound waves. That's what they they ah. think. They, they've they've guessed that that might that that could be. Like an untrained person depicting sound waves or the mm. act the of sound, like sound being s- made.
0: Yeah, like if you look at a cartoon, you'll see like a like a kind of like a ripple effect coming from a mouth to designate sound. Maybe with two lines through it, right? Like you see like in the X Men cartoon, Banshees like screaming really loud, and they just like put put all these lines. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh? Interesting.
1: So here. I'll show you this and then I probably got to probably got to get going. Oh yeah. This is the part of the key Marco collection pulled out of Marco Island, 1896 mm-hmm. from like a swamp, right? Like a muck pond. Mm. And my computer might die too. So forgive me. But every tool in here is superior to pretty much any others found in North America. Wow. excluding Mexico and Central America. So if you go north of Florida, you don't find, you find pretty much nothing made to the degree that these are made to the, uh, with the finesse, with the, uh, the craftsmanship, the mastery.
0: And we, sure know, here. we know many Native American tribes, especially around coastal areas, like to live in marshall, marsh areas, marshy areas, because it's sort of afforded protection from floods and protection from certain predators. But, wow, wow these are really... What, is these Are these supposed to be like spear tips or addles?
1: I don't know what... The last two were, I think, it's said pins, like pins for uh,
0: very tiny, yeah, like bone yeah. pins for cloth or for your hair, maybe even a <clears throat> toothpick.
1: <laughs> now here is an ancient anchor, stone oh, right. anchor, just right. like I show on my channel. Except one problem: these ones are about a hundred, couple hundred times smaller right. and lighter. Huh. So the the only thing stopping experts from acknowledging the anchors that I show. Uh, the Saxer stones is their size right here. You have the state museums themselves,
0: acknowledging show, the
1: showing points. limestone anchors. They're just small ones. Wow. So,
0: and would those maybe be for like a fishing line or a net or something yes. like that? Okay.
1: The, those ones would be for either a canoe or probably the bottom of a net. Okay. Probably not the bottom of a net. That would probably be for something more substantial. Yeah. This, this sinker right here or this butt plug, however you choose to see it, (laughs) would be, this sinker would be on like a fishing line. Yeah. The last one, this would be more maybe keeping a canoe still. Right. right. Or there's a chance that was at the bottom of a big net to keeping the net down to the ground. Mm -hmm. But all of these tools have a higher degree of craftsmanship than found elsewhere.
0: Wow. Well, I know you got to go. We should wrap up before your computer dies because I'd hate to have you Irish goodbye us like that. But, uh, yeah, brother, this has been so fascinating. We can keep this going all night, I'm sure. But we said we'd only go an hour for for this to go around. But I'd love to have you back on very soon to keep diving into this. I know with or without me, you're going to be plunging into all this strange stuff in old world Florida. So, folks, you know where to go. Support the brother on YouTube. He just put out a five-hour mega video on the greek florida history and and how they, it may go way way back so anything else you want to promote before we go no thanks for having me on mark right have on. a good night you too brother you too thanks for showing us all this these woodpeckers are are fascinating man i mean th- to n- no joke like this is a very like skilled and that's what they say about the the a lot of the mayan artwork too is like the the level of artistry demonstrated by some of these you know materials left behind it's it denotes a very advanced mind creating it so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you're clearly on to something here i'm happy to have you on the show Uh, anytime you'll join me and yeah until next time brother thank you so much thanks mark good night you too, bro Peace Alright Folks And that is This episode of the My Family Thinks of Crazy Podcast Thank you for being here And enjoy the moment wherever you are In the now is our episode with the great Dr. Narco Longo, really interesting guy, him and his brother who I didn't realize goes by Professor Longo. So yeah, there's the doctor and the professor uh, and I I guess we could say those are street degrees, right? Uh, (laughs) The doctor and the professor are self-professed. But either way, really unique dudes. I'm glad to have Uh, At least Dr. Narco on the show. Maybe we'll get the professor on sometime soon. But it's very cool to uh, add them to the long, long, long list of people I've met through this podcast. It's a very long list. I get people reaching out. Somebody from Arizona, shout out to you, brother, reached out and said, Yo, man, come by my spot. I got a farm. Yada, yada. We'll blaze it up. And I love those kind of messages. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I'm gonna start adding everyone who messages me uh, to a list. And yeah, we're gonna do like a road trip, like a Walmart tour or something, and just hit every Walmart in the United States. And at each Walmart, we're gonna we're gonna meet up with all of our. Actually, Walmart's fucking lame. Can I think of a better place to? to go than walmart maybe we'll, maybe we'll do state parks maybe we'll do maybe we'll do state parks maybe we'll do uh random truck stops maybe we'll do uh army navy stores maybe we'll meet up at army navy stores maybe i'm gonna be hiding in the camouflage jacket section anyways enough of my bullshit Follow Dr. Narco Longo. He's a cool guy. I hope to go down there and visit him and Juan and, uh, well, Joe Roop, at Paranoid American, Bootsy, a.k.a. Owen Hunt. I mean, all these guys are down there in Florida. Greg Carlwood recently announced a move to Florida. So I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we will be in Florida sometime soon. If you live in Florida, you're listening to the podcast and you uh, you own property. And you have a, a room that you'd like to rent out to myself and my girlfriend. Hit me up. I'd love to. I'd love to know if there's any landlords listening to this show. Anybody who owns property, even if it's not in Florida. Um, if you're looking for renters, I might move into your place. How cool is that? If you own a spot and Mystic Mark shows up and becomes your new uh, rent, renter, right? Is that what we're called, renters? I'm not like a land lad. You're the landlord and I'm the land lad. <laughs> We're bringing the sound effects back. We're bringing the energy back to these outros. Usually I record these outros during the nighttime when Tara is sleeping. Because um, I don't like talking to myself while other people are in the house. It's more free flow when I'm in the house by myself and kind of talk to myself and record it. So, yeah, we're bringing the sound effects back. Nobody cares. Anyways, um bunch of great stuff on the pike we've got a new brand new podcast out it's a limited series there's only going to be a few episodes in the first season and it's entirely about the history of secret societies in america particularly focusing on new haven and skull and bones so if you want to stay tuned and follow us along uh the first episode is out now and the second out episode will be out soon so sign up on patreon sign up on substack to say uh, hello, and then stay in touch with this new show. I'd love to hear from you. We did a virtual Zoom meeting tour where I took people on a tour through New Haven using Google Earth, and uh, it was pretty cool. I think I'm going to upload the video so that folks can watch along. But the idea is that you you participate, so you can ask questions. So please sign up on the Substack, sign up on the Patreon. And uh, don't miss out on the next virtual tour. We're going to be doing another one uh, at the beginning of April, probably the second week of April, and I promise we will do a consistent uh, consistent meetup after that. And it might be uh, virtual tours. Maybe I'll just do Google Earth virtual tours, um, you know, New Haven and wherever else that I deem interesting and worthy of, of checking out. So... Yeah, we'll see what comes of that. Bunch of bonus content on the Patreon and the Substack. Shout out to all the new supporters who have recently signed up on the Patreon. We got a bunch of people that signed up after the Dr. Joseph Farrell episode early release dropped. And uh, rightly so. I imagine that one's going to skyrocket up to the top five. Um, you know, Dr. Joseph Farrell is somebody that I've been waiting to get on this show for a long time. I didn't want to, you know, preemptively invite him on when I was maybe too new at this. Uh, I wanted to be sort of confident in my abilities as an interviewer, and I think it worked out really well. If you haven't listened to that last episode with Dr. Joseph Farrell yet, go and give it a a listen. I think I did a great job. Now, I want to give a shout out to like I said, some of our newer Patreons, so shout out to Alec, shout out to Julia, shout out to Jason, shout out to Kelly, shout out to Justin, Adam, Ron, Sean, Val, Kara, Kelsey, and you guys already got a shout out, but thank you for being a friend, and actually, Sean, uh, I met in new haven we did an in-person tour and sean came through he's got his own podcast called conspiracy guide which is uh, different than this show in the sense that he doesn't interview guests uh, at least not yet he takes you on a info journey and gives you the 101 the the you know basically the beginnings of the threads for people And he's covered a couple of interesting conspiracies so far. I'm subscribed. Let me go and read a couple of his episodes. So he's done 12 episodes. He's got an episode about, and like I said, it's a guide to conspiracies. So these topics have conspiracies within them. And I guess he's sort of parsing those out and uh, giving you some... Uh, potential homework or or maybe even broadening your horizon uh, and opening your eyes to some theories you might not have known about, like theories concerning sobriety, food, the government, moon landing, the war on Christmas. Uh, He's got an episode called 30 Crazy Conspiracy Theories That People Actually Believe. Uh Uh-oh, I think think he's been listening to this show a lot. Uh, Medicine, uh, guns. Anarquico aliens and family, so so a very different take on the same sort of genre that we're in, uh, and yeah, Sean's a very cool guy, very supportive. Shout out to you, brother. Uh, shout out to Ron, and shout out to Kelsey. They all join the eight dollar tier. I'm gonna sign you all three of you up for the Substack right now. Because if you sign up for the $8 tier, I'm going to automatically put you into the substack for $8 a month. Now, you're not going to have to pay $16 a month. You could pay $8, one price, and you get both. I can't do that with Patreon, so don't sign up on substack and say, hey, can I access the Patreon? Doesn't work that way. If you sign up on Patreon, uh, which requires that you pay me, I can give you a free paid subscription to my Substack, and of course you know for whatever reason let's say you can't afford it maybe you got kids maybe you don't have a great job whatever the situation is you don't have to explain it in too much detail just let me know why you can't afford to sign up and why you would like to sign up and i will sign up you uh, whoever you are for free on the Substack, because why not you know give it away Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away. One, two, three, I don't give a fuck about giving away the Substack. Boom. So hit me up. I'll give you free access to the Substack if you really need it. But support the show, folks. This is value for value. I'm bringing all this value to your world with this amazing podcast. I spend hours and hours a week putting this show together from planning the episodes to interviewing the guests researching before I interview the guests and then editing the episode finding music to go along with it uh, recording the intro and the outro and then mastering and mixing that all together publishing it on four or five different platforms uh, and and doing that three times a week holy shit holy shit I can't imagine i can't imagine a better uh job really i mean it's 10 times better than any job i ever had so i'm not complaining but it is a lot of work so if you guys can support me uh by signing up on patreon or substack buying some merch uh supporting our sponsor the hit kit use the promo code crazy c r a z y all capital letters and get 20 percent off that's right 20% 20% off. We recently bu- 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 bumped it up to maximize the savings. So go and get yourself a dank bank. Go and get yourself a stash box. Go and get yourself a uh, Hermetica tube dube tuber hit kit. Uh, get yourself a Swiss kit hit kit. Get yourself uh, one of my favorite hit kits. I don't even know the name of it, but the lighter has like this long nose and it it stays right in the Hit Kit, and uh, and it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, pretty cool. Mine has a, a frog playing a banjo on it. So support our sponsors, the Hit Kit. Support the show. Support me, and we will keep pumping out episodes three times a week or more. Uh, we kind of did two times a week this up uh, this uh, month, but that's because we put out some jam-packed episodes i mean that chris Knowles episode was three hours long three hours long and i didn't even like cut it in half and say oh pay us on patreon to hear the other half i thought about it i thought about it that was like a big juicy pig on the on the dinner table i thought about slicing it in half and putting the other half away for the next feast but nope i said you know what the boys are here The girls are here they're all hungry we're all hungry us guys and gals we're all here on the podcast we're all hungry for information so let's feast let's talk let's open up the conversation uh but anyways i'm getting into crazy town i'm rambling and uh and that's about it for this episode big shout out to the hit kit remember use that promo code crazy and save 20% off at checkout when you get yourself a hit kit. It's the number one way to stay lit, keep all your blunts and joints nice and safe and sound right next to your lighter in a hit kit. 100% uh, owned and operated by a United States citizen, uh, not made in China. No, no, no. He makes them himself by hand in the great state of Georgia. So get yourself a hit kit today. Oh, and check out the doctor, Dr. Narco Longo at Old World Florida. Old World Florida on YouTube. Big shout out. Big shout out to Dr. Narco Longo. And uh, big shout out to George Wiseman and the Aquacure. Go to Eagle-Research and get yourself an Aquacure. You can use the promo code MFTIC and save a whopping $250 at checkout when you pick up your very own Aquacure. If you want to boost your health and advance your, you know, caliber of life, your your feelings of wellness, I can't recommend an Aquacure enough. Especially as a smoker, the Aquacure is a great way to maximize your nutritional intake and created difference a lasting difference in your health so uh, but enough i gotta put the, take the salesman tie off and uh, put the podcast mic down a big shout out to dr narco Longo. Uh, shout out to all our friends across the alt media united cooperative platform and uh we'll see you next time on the next episode of the my family think some crazy podcast with That's right, the great Crow 777. So stay tuned or sign up now on Patreon to hear that next episode with Crow 777. That's right. Now sign up on Patreon or Substack to check that out. And it's been on Rockfin for a while. So go and check that out on Rockfin if you're a Rockfin supporter. Anyways, thank you for tuning in, folks. And immerse yourself in the moment wherever you are in the now.
2: Baby, 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 maybe, maybe. I'm a little extra terrestrial, trying to stay human in a cesspool of professionals. But I confess too much off of the tongue. All my aunties and my uncles shield the ears of the young. I be saying shit and they don't know where it's coming from. And like a hundred years, we went saw bomb before guns. Check the facts, check the fed, check the stars Stanley Myers was murked for a water fuel cell car They each they own, you can stick with your own ways But eat the rich you drink the motherfucking Kool-Aid And I can see the red on your lip stain White skin, blue collar, you're American made Fuck it, you can keep your blood so here And run the soul off the moon, land narrative Yeah, my girl thinks that I'm embarrassing My folks think I'm nuts, but never question the parenting Stuck in bed, so my boss thinks I'm lazy Connecting dots, but it's all kind of hazy. Good morning in the nest, feeling like I'm Dick Tracy. My path thinks I'm un-American and shady. Yeah, I'm feeling unhinged lately. Encounters of the fifth kind on the daily. You could tell me that the president's an alien, it wouldn't phase me. My family thinks I'm crazy. Baby, baby, baby. My family. I think that I'm off in the deep one too many Netflix docs on the weekends, but check the budget for our military defense. Tell me we ain't scared of something not within reason. Steel beams, another 1492, and 911 was the red, white, and blue, and you be lit off the fluoride. Ain't got a clue. All your dreams just shit on the Rockefeller shoes. Don't believe a damn thing a politician ever said. Ain't one brick left to go up in the Fed. They still got bricks of cocaine to make crack. Oxy's killing the working class. FDA's whack. Talking like this, got Ken talking behind backs Too much to unpack, so they talk smack And I'm just trying to converse with my clan But it ain't fan. so I'm here setting up Ken Stuck in bed, so my boss thinks I'm lazy Connecting dots, but it's all kinda hazy Good morning, on the internet, feeling like I'm Dick Tracy My pack thinks I'm un-American and shady yeah, I'm feeling unhinged, baby. Encounters of the fifth kind on the daily. You could tell me that the president's an alien, it wouldn't face me. My family i some crazy. Baby, baby, baby. My family thinks I'm crazy. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Just maybe. Stuck your bed on so my box, that's some lazy. lazy. And that's what it's all kind of hazy. Come on again and there, feeling baby, like I'm baby, Dick Tracy. My path thinks I'm, under baby, baby, I'm baby, the the on the marriage, so and it's shady. I'm feeling unhinged, lately. The counters are the same kind on the day, crazy. You can tell me baby, that the president's baby, an atheist, but it fails me. My family's been so crazy. Yeah. I think one thing I've learned is you can't rule anything out, so, you yeah. know.